0: because a lot of times our influence is about influencing ourselves. How do we spend each day? How do we spend each moment? Because that's, it's literally, that's what our life is made of. I mean, it is that cliche and that simple, but yet not, it's so hard sometimes
1: to really think about. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness Emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the Neuro Side of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. So welcome to today's
0: episode of The Neuro Side of Influence and Leadership, or Leadership and Influence, any way you want to look at it. We're going to look at the neuro side, the science behind it. But I think today, not I think, stop saying that. That's one of the things I was reading about too, saying words I think sometimes make us sound not as confident. I don't know. That's an interesting one to we should probably dissect at some point, but not today. Today, I know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a philosophy that I have wrestled with for over twenty, ooh, god, twenty five years, maybe longer. Something I used to say to myself all the time, and recently I I dove even deeper in in, in it further. And it's something I do at the end of every year. So whether you're listening to this at the end of the year, because it's it's the week before Christmas now, and the or you're listening, these are questions that I think are relevant year round. I want to share these with you. I want to share two questions. That I want you to just really sit down and listen to, and, and if don't let them go in one ear and out the other. Don't like that. That you can't do that. You got to li- literally stop what you're doing, and I want you to really let these sink in. Because if if these two questions sink in, and the philosophies behind these two questions sink in, I really think your life can dramatically change. Because it helps you take a grip of what's really happening, and if you let them sink in, and you really. Think about them and analyze, and you're honest with your life about them. I think everything changes because a lot of times our influence is about influencing ourselves. How do we spend each day? How do we spend each moment? Because that's it's literally that's what our life is made of. I mean, it is that cliche and that simple, but yet not. It's so hard sometimes to really think about. Here's the first one, And, and, and I want you to stop and just listen to this one, okay? At first. Is today today serves two things. Today is actually two different things. Today is is two different realities, and if you want to look at them. One, today is the past of our future. I want to say that again. Today is the past of my future. It's the past of your future. So what does that mean? Well, the things that I do right now in a week will be the in the past. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, if you really let that sink in, that means that I can craft my past to be whatever I want it to be. If I'm present in the moment, if I go, okay, well, what do I want to say that I did in a week? Well, then I can do that now. My son Alex used to call me before he'd do something stupid. <laughs> it was a a blessing of our relationship, and he would, or what he thought was dumb, or he thought was dangerous or bad for kids to do. He was—he's always such a great kid. And he he definitely made it easy on me, but he would call, he's like, dad, we're about to do this and I don't know if we should. And I don't know. And he'd call for advice. And as much as I wanted to tell him what I think he should do, I'd always have the same conversation with him and say, Alex, I don't want to tell you what to do, but tomorrow we're going to talk. What do you want to say that you did? We're going to talk. Do you want to say that you did that? And maybe you do. Maybe you say, Hey, I did that. It was crazy. We learned something. Or maybe you want to say, "No, Dad, I, I fought against it. I didn't do it." And we have a conversation of, you know, how proud we are. And so, just ask yourself: when we are not telling you what to do? Because you're, I think, you've got good morals. What do you want to say you did? And he would always look at me, he'd smile, he'd just say, "Thanks, Dad." I think that's part of the challenge. We remember we, we one of these episodes. I don't remember which one it is. We talked about. I think it was episode six. We talked about the past, the battle of the past, the current, and future self. And that's kind of a, a, a play on that. Is what do you want to say that you did? I remember I was on a plane last night coming back from Mexico, and was hungry, and there was uh, we had one of those bistro boxes, right? And in there there was two Oreos. I love Oreos. Who doesn't like Oreos, right? So I grabbed them. Maddie looks at me. She's like, "You really want to eat those? Are you gonna feel good that you eat those later?" I was like, I laughed. I was like, no. At first, my first thought was, damn it, why'd you catch me? Then two, I was like, no, you're absolutely right. Why do I want to eat those? There's nothing about that that I want. I don't want anything Oreo in my life like that. And I put them down. And I got a chance now to tell you I didn't eat the Oreo. And it feels good to say that. It feels a lot better to say that now than it would have to eaten it. To have eaten it yesterday. And I think let's, let's kind of expand on that reality of what do we want to say we did? A week from now, a year from now, and this is the end of the year. So we're saying, "Wow, what can you say that you did?" But we're also at the beginning of a new year, almost in just a few days. Well, okay. So then, what future, what 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 past do I want to craft? Because the reality is, all the steps and the th- decisions I make today create the future. Okay, we know that, but what's missing is our awareness in the moment, because we're driven by that whole system one future, sort of can't think to the future thought, right? Because we have to be present, but we can't fully give in to the present desire without an influence of the future plan, right? This is where it gets like crazy. So if we think about that concept of today is the past of my future, okay, so then if I really embrace that, that means I can craft my past, <laughs> And it's kind of a play on thinking, okay, what if I craft my past to be what I want, that means that I can really make my future what I want it to be, building it. It's a blank slate. It literally is a molded piece of clay that hasn't been, or unmolded piece of clay. What do I want it to look like? How do I want to say that I spent it? And sometimes, here's the other piece too, I think, which is fascinating. I learned this from listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson, and he said, sometimes we set goals too big. Well, I can't do something. Well, you're not thinking small enough. I was like, what? I mean, it was fascinating. Well, there's always something you can do. If you're smoking a cigarette, like you smoke 10 a day, then we'll smoke 9.75. If you're eating a bag of chips, well, will eat one less chip. But we, that requires us to humble ourselves to the reality that I don't have the discipline to just not eat the whole bag. And that that humble reality kind of sucks. But maybe that's where I'm at. And I need to begin with that because we forget about the cumulative effect of little decisions that we make today, the cumulative effect. And I think, okay, the, the decisions that I make now, if they really truly do create my future, then another question begs to be answered. Why wouldn't I spend this moment in the highest good? Why wouldn't I maximize this moment? If it truly does accumulate to something, if you, don't, if you believe that, then why wouldn't I make, make this moment the maximum good that I can? If you're in sales, make the most phone calls that I can. If you're in the gym, push as hard as you can. If you're with your family, engage and be fully present as you can. If you're on a date, put the phone away, be fully there. If you're working on a project, let everything else go. What is the maximum good that I can do? And then say, hold on a second. Well, what is my day filled with? Well, I'm busy. Okay, great. I know I hate the word busy. I know a lot of people that can't stand that word because the question is to be busy doing what? Busy doing what? All right, so look at your day. If today is the past of your future, are there any meetings that you might want to cancel? Or just say no to altogether. Any projects, you just got to say, you know what? I may be halfway through this, but this is not helping anyone. It's definitely not helping my future, my family, my my health, my my wealth, not anything. I should probably cancel this one, cut my losses. Well, so busy doing what? So okay, so taking a look at the day. Like so I want to think applications of this, right? Because I'm also thinking this through. I think this through constantly for myself because you need to. Don't get too comfortable with it. Stanley Kubrick once said, "Our ability to talk about a subject matter can create the consoling illusion that we've mastered it." So let's not fall into that. So what meetings do I need to cancel? What meetings to say, man, I'm glad I made this one? What meetings do I need to make? What phone calls do I need to make to say, you know what? I'm glad I made that phone call. I'm glad I got that meeting booked. I'm glad I got the, the, the dentist appointment done so I can have that taken care of. What, what are the things that we're putting off that we say, God, I wish I would have done that and I need to do it. So today is the past of our future. And so let's look a little further to the other side of that. And this is, requires sort of a mind bend as well. That today is the future of our past, okay? Because at one point in time, I wasn't here. I just, I, tell you, I just got back from Mexico. We were in Tulum and this beautiful place that we'd planned like six months ago. And that wasn't a reality back then, but it was this last weekend. And I'm sitting out there watching the waves come in and I'm going, isn't that cool that this was not a reality six months ago? It was just a thought. And it was kind of a scary thought. I said, well, what if I'm busy? What if at this? What if, what if, what if, what if? So many what ifs. And the feeling of being able to sit there and go, this is cool, and I'm really glad I'm here. Because it requires a couple things. To realize that today is the future of our past, I think, requires us to be grateful. Because there are wins today. No matter how bad your day is going, something is a win. You got to be able to find it. And here's the other side of it, though. If you don't like today, you crafted it. So if today is the the future of my past, well, what past decisions? How did I create this? Methodically, day by day, decision by decision, procrastination by procrastination, excuse by excuse, step by step, I crafted today. And so it requires us to take full responsibility for today. That I think is powerful. Because if I take full responsibility for today, I can take full responsibility for my failure and I can take it for my success, which is really powerful. So I used to feel so bad if I did something really good. If I, if I was ex- excited about something, I realized, well, I can tell these people, I can't tell those people. Then the older I got, I realized, well, those are my friends and not my friends. <laughs> I got to be able to brag and, and celebrate with my friends. I tell my friends, I'm like, hey, you can always brag with me. You did something cool, call me and tell me about it. I wanna hear, I'm gonna cheer you on. And if I can't call you and tell you I say, hey, I just got X, why are we, we're not even friends. That's, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. I used to try to live my life making sure everybody felt okay. And, and I want people to feel okay, don't get me wrong, but I'm not gonna lower myself anymore for that. That was just something I had to stop doing. I wanna live big, like, I just wanna live as big as I can. I want people to challenge me, I want people that live bigger. That I do around things and I got a lot of really cool people that live big and when I say big I'm not talking about extravagance I'm not talking about money I'm talking about ideas I'm talking about living big is pushing yourself beyond the comfort of the current but you you got to have that and but I was thinking, sitting on that w- watching the waves going you know what this is cool something I did got me here I was also going shoot I ate too much over the last two months <laughs> And I was like, I got to embrace that. I created that too. And now I can say, here's the reality. I was writing the book and uh, nonstop travel and every excuse in the book. But there was also an acceptance that I knew that was kind of going to happen. I had to give up a little bit of sleep, not a little bit, a lot of sleep to get a deadline done and it was worth it. But I also realized at the end of that, that I don't want to do that that way again. It was worth it because we got to the end. We got the book. And man, it was a grind and it was a sacrifice because I had to skip some things. Sleep was one of them. The gym was another one. And I had to ease up on some things to get it done. Now, the perfectionist in me says, no, I still could have done the other things. I still could have gone to the gym. Yeah, I could have. And I still could have eaten perfectly. Yes, I could have. But I didn't. And so what's the lesson? The lesson is I don't want to do it that way again. Okay. And that lesson, that lesson it feels good because I got it done and I also learned something. But realizing that today was the future of my past helped me really celebrate a small win, but it also helped me take responsibility for where I'm at, the good and the bad, the success and the failure, right? the celebration and the regret. All of those live hand in hand every day. And I think you have to be able to embrace both life is both life is a lot of suffering but also life is a lot of joy and, and, and success i'd say probably more suffering than success and that's okay that's a, that, i think that's an okay balance i mean it's every spiritual text i know says that every reality of life now when we're positive and we're optimistic we tend to forget the suffering parts when we get up in the morning to get in the gym. That's suffering, by the way. I'm not talking about sorrow suffering, but suffering and, you know, getting in and making the disciplines and the sacrifices, saying no to the Oreos and saying yes to the, to the runs and, and to the, the weightlifting and to, you know, reading the books that you don't want to read but you have to, looking yourself in the mirror, recording yourself, doing the podcast when I got a meeting starting in a few minutes, but it's got to get done. Those are things. Getting over the fear, that's suffering. That's okay. Embrace it. Embrace it the other side also comes some really cool things. And so, but those two things, let's go back to those questions. Today is the past of my future. So if I really embrace that concept, I can make my past anything when I want it to be. And if I know that when I get to the future, my past is created by good decisions, I'm living a pretty cool moment. And then today is the future of my past, which helps me celebrate the wins and appreciate where I'm at, but it also helps me take responsibility of how I crafted my life, good or bad. That full thinking, for what purpose? We got to ask that question. Why? Why am I going through all that mental headache? I, I personally do it because it helps create mindset. And the mindset, and it helps me define my values and priorities because that's what gets me through the tough times. It's easy for me to say, just buck up and do it. Well, that's not reality when you feel like giving up. That's not reality when you feel like going back to sleep and rolling over. That's not reality. we got to influence ourselves here. And we got to know how we function, how we make decisions, what drives our behavior, what thoughts go through our head. And thoughts are philosophy, by the way. It's what we think and how we decide, how we frame the world to ourselves, how we frame moments to ourselves. So... I always think of this piece that, and I used to do this great workshop, I think I'm going to be bringing it back, called Designing Your Best Year Ever. And we did an exercise there where we said, okay, we write two books every year. I always think that we write two books a year. And each one of those books is 12 chapters. The first book is a book of success. Here's the book I wrote. I did some really good things. You got to be able to recognize the good things that I did. But the other book's a little bit harder. The one we typically don't like to look at, which is the book of regret. What do I wish I would have done? What are the things that I didn't do? And I think, I, I think it's important for people to spend time in that book of regret. And the exercise was that you'd give it a title. We wanted a best-selling title, by the way. It's got to be a little dramatic. It's got to catch the eye. And the eye you're trying to catch is yourself, by the way. Three books that I've written in the past One is how to consume more calories in a day than one could possibly burn. (laughs) I've written that book for sure. I've written the book, how to spend more money than you make, right? I've written that book several times and not a fun outcome of that one. I've written the book on how to work so much that you miss out on critical moments of your child's life that are never to be regained. That was a really hard book because I can't get that one back. Once you write that one, you can't get it. Those moments are never coming back. And so I have people go through, and what's, what's interesting is when I begin by leading with modeling, and if you're listening to this and you're a leader and you want to do this exercise, I suggest it, but here's the thing. You've got to be willing to share your book first. You can't start off by saying, all right, everybody writes crappy books. What book did you write last year? People are going to look at you like you're crazy. But if you start with an honest reflection of your life and an honest reflection of the good and the bad, the struggle and the success, then guess what? You're starting to create a safe, psychologically safe environment for maybe somebody else to share. And when people are there, we've seen salespeople say, well, one group today, because I shared this idea, and this one person was brave and they said, I didn't make the phone calls I need to make, so let's title my book, How to Make It Easy to Beat Me in the Marketplace. how to tee up my competition for success. I was like, ooh, that's painful. That's way painful. One person, another person said, how to, how to replace one bad habit with another one and go nowhere, really. So how to work hard to go nowhere. <laughs> Step-by-step guide. So when we do that, we start really taking a look at the reality of, that that duality of life that, that life gives and it takes. We are successful in certain areas. We fail in certain areas. That's what makes us human. And you got to embrace it so that you can change it period. So what book did you write last year? And of course, the, the next one is is embracing the reality of today's the past or our future. What book do you want to write next year? What book do you want to write next year? And if you think about it, that book has 12 chapters. What are the names of those chapters? You want to go even further? Each chapter has four subheadings. There are weeks. And so every day you're writing a page. There's 365 pages in that book. Now, it's easy to let that sort of that idea slip off. But what are you doing to remind yourself that every day, in every moment? And sometimes you need to say, right now is the past, and my future, in this hour, right now. What do I want to say I did at the end of this hour? Maybe it's in five minutes. Start there. In five minutes, what do I want to say that I did? i got to tell you, if you got bad habits, sometimes you got to start real small. You just need to. You don't have to bite off the whole thing right away. Start small. I think I shared this before that we, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in two to three years. That applies. We overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a week. We overestimate what we can do in an hour, but we underestimate what we can do in a day. Right, So it's it's amazing. Like, well, God, why, why can't I clean the whole house in this next hour? You may not be able to. But you can in a day. And if you focus bit by bit, the whole house is clean at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you've got a clean house. You may not be able to get through all the paperwork in an hour. But you shut off things and you say, I'm going to give it five hours. And all of a sudden, it's done. It's just done. You can't read the whole book right away. Maybe it's just five pages a day. One page today. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read 1 page. Next day I'm going to read a page and a half. And what happens is you start building momentum. That's the best part, by the way. You make these decisions and momentum starts to build. And momentum starts to build. It starts to feed on itself. But remember, all those old habits are sitting there waiting for you. They're all sitting waiting for you. So you got to make sure that you stay there. So I go I go into every year and I want to leave you sort of with these thoughts. And maybe you can look at this on a day basis, weekly, monthly, quarterly, however you want because these questions always apply. But what would, what would need to happen to make this next year the best year of my life? What would need to happen? And I, my mentor asked me that, I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago. And I was like, wow, I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I didn't have an answer. I said, what would need to happen? I remember one year, it was, man, if I got a TED Talk, TED, oh, my life would be amazing. Well, I've got two TED Talks now. And, well, it's not all that different. Well, it's different than it was back then, yeah. But it wasn't because of the TED Talks. But I'm pretty happy about them. They forced me to learn a lot of things. And they look cool on the resume and all that stuff. And they're fun to see. But that was one thing at one point. Okay, so what would need to happen? And I started realizing that it's not just about those accomplishments. It is something to do with simpler things. Like my health money, relationships. And then career kind of works its way through that. That's a part of it, but it's not everything. It's not everything. So the next question is, okay, so if you can get clear on what, what would need to happen this next year to make it the best year of my life, then you go, okay, well, what got my way last year from doing that? Why didn't I have it last year? You got to be realistic about that. Because you can set an idealistic goal and not deal in the reality that there's certain realities holding you back. Sometimes they are physical. Sometimes they're emotional. Sometimes they're mental. Sometimes they're financial. Whatever it is. And so you got to ask yourself, what got in my way last year? And then the most important question, what are you going to do different this year? Because without any changes, you're not going to get, Any changes, (laughs) you're going to get the same year. What's Einstein's definition of insanity? To do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So what he's saying is you want a different result, you got to do something different. No doing something different, no new result. The challenge is we don't like doing new things. We don't like doing different things. That's the reality, but you got to do something different. Somebody, um, Jim Rohn, if you don't know Jim Rohn, you got to know him, but most people do. He was the godfather, I think, of personal development when tony robbins was in a student in his early 20s 18 19 20 years old he was in the audience of jim Rohn to give you an idea of who jim is and jim used to say in life it's not what happens to you that matters and it's not it's not what happens to you and I know he would say yeah it's what you do about what happens no 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 he got he got deeper on that one it's not in life it's it doesn't it it's not about what happens to you he goes because what happens the what happens in quotes Happens to everyone. The sun came up for everyone. The sun went down for everyone. It rained today for everyone. Interest rates went up or down for everyone today. Somebody has a what happens. Somebody has a curveball in life. All curveballs happen to everyone. That's part of the human experience. And that's what I thought was genius. It's not what happens to you in life that matters because what happens happens to everyone. When I just stopped and I thought about that, I'm like, okay, hold on a second. So, In most cases, all things being equal, the the things are are pretty equal. Now, I can make the case that some people have a harder time. There are disparate groups. There are underserved markets. There are underserved people. There's all sorts of challenges. And without getting into that, I want to ask and embrace that whole thing from a a question of how do I set myself up for the best strategic advantage, not how do I try to get everyone else to change because that just doesn't work. As a, as a philosophy for life. Do changes need to happen? Yes. Are there unfair things that are happening? Yes. I, I'll be right there next to you with them. But I'm also not going to take that as my plan for success. Just not. Because those changes require other people to do things. And if my success depends on someone else to make a change or a policy to change or the government to change or taxes to change or some sort of law to change, oh, man, that's just not a real good plan. And so, and what if they don't decide to change? Then I'm stuck. So I need a better plan than that. I need a plan that, that says, if Renee does, then Renee gets. If Renee surrounds himself with these people, then he's influenced that way. If these decisions are made, then these, these, are the, these are the outcomes. I have to have control over that. Not because I'm controlling, but because I want to embrace what I want. And we know the serenity quote, embrace the things that I can't, can't change. Focus on what I can change, not what I can't and the, the, what is it? the wisdom to know the difference, right? Really what that's about is saying, there are things I can change, things I can't, and I better know the difference. That what happens happens to everyone. I think it's fascinating. So I, I want you to think about this as we sort of close this out, that the influence really starts internally. Somebody asked me, Renee, how do you set the tone for the room? And I said, well, you first got to set the tone inside you first because we are transfers of emotion. We set the tone. If you ever watched a speaker that was stressed and nervous and you felt stressed and nervous, it's because the, you're empathizing. If you ever watched somebody yawn and you yawn because you empathize. When somebody is rushed and stressed, we feel rushed and stressed. We are constantly sort of transferring our inner state to other people. So if you want to set the tone of the room, set the tone inside yourself first of confidence, of calmness, of strength, of whatever tone you're trying to make. If it's urgent, then you got to be urgent. If it's calm, that you need to be calm. So those types of things, if it's excited, you need to be excited. So all of these things begin internally. And so I, I share that because we're talking about influence and we always think about influencing others but we often forget we got to influence ourselves. I got to influence myself every day to make good decisions. That battle of current and future self. I've got to think beyond the current while yet embracing the current. There's the paradox. You can't lose sight of that that battle. But if I can remember that today is the past of my future and I can that means that I can craft My past, because if I go back, if I sort of teleport to the future, I know that my past decisions make up my future. So then I want to craft those things by living in the present moment and fly back to the present. You got to be able to sort of time travel in your mind and in your awareness to be able to figure that sort of equation out. And I think if you can do that, you will have won the toughest battle of that need for instant gratification the ability to think to the future, the ability to set yourself up for the most success possible to the best strategic advantage that you can. But really at the end of the day, it's when you do that and you realize today is the past of my future and today is also the future of my past, then you got to go, what is the highest good for today, for the next hour, for the next quarter, for the next year? What is the highest good that I can spend? How best can I serve the things that are most important to me and the things that I value most to make my life go forward? So whatever drives you to that, you got to explore it. So I hope that that finds you and resonates with you. And as we're closing out this year and we're heading into a new year, into the Christmas season, the holiday season, I hope this finds you well. Even if this isn't the holiday season, I still hope this finds you well. And remember, March 14th, 2022, we have AmpCon as the Amplify Conference in Las Vegas, Nevada at Caesars Palace, where we're going to have 1,000 people that have been following this process that want to learn more about Amplify and influence, that want to collaborate and learn together. And what's fun about this conference is that you're going to be surrounded by some of the nation's best top performers and leaders and people that influence. And they all are generous and they share. So our early bird special ends soon, and if you're listening to this and you want another $100 off, here's your hey. Easter egg. Use the code RENE100. The next day, by the way, is also our Momentum, or not our, but the Momentum Builder conference that's going to be incredible. I'll be speaking alongside Gary Vee and Ryan Holiday and Brad Lee and some amazing people there, uh, Hal Elrod and Barry Habib and Dave Savage. and. Uh, just some of the greats. It'd be so much fun. So it's three days of fun. First day is AmpCon, and then followed by Momentum Builder. So Renee One Hundred works on both. By the way, bring your team. We priced it so that you can bring a team. It ends up being about three ninety five per person versus five ninety five if you hit Early Bird and that piece there. Last but not least, our book, the Amplify Your Influence book, launches April twenty sixth. You can go to buyamplifybook.com, and please take part in our pre sales. We're trying to get to our bestseller uh, list. So anything you do, and if you want to buy multiple books, reach out. We've got some cool things that we can do if you do that. Even some Q&As, maybe with some of your realtor partners, your teams, anybody. uh, We want to add value to you. So all that being said, looking forward to seeing you
1: here every week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit meetrenee.com.